Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Susan, what are we going to talk about today? Are we going to talk about our prison ministry again? We're going to talk about our prison ministry. We go in on Saturday afternoons to Folsom Prison and uh, gather with a group of women there and talk about uh, change and um, hope and freedom within the walls of of whatever prison we have made and... Now, why do we need to change? Why do we need to change? I mean, can't we just continue on in that old behavior? If we do, we're going to end up in a really... We remain in prison, don't we? Yes, we we do. Whether we're in walls, whether we're behind prison walls or not. Right. We remain in prison if if we don't change. Yes, we're still, we're trapped. So this book we're going to, Steps to Christ recovery edition mm-hmm. you like it i like it a lot yes. it is a good book isn't mm-hmm. it and very it's re- very helpful and it talks about change and who does the changing and all that type of stuff and and it just makes so much sense and there's some really good questions in it and a lot of times we talk about uh some we we bring up more questions that are in the book and and it really helps uh as you discuss these things and i think god likes us to ask questions and Definitely. to reason things through. Mm-hmm. How would someone get this book, Steps to Christ Recovery Edition? Uh, they could give us a call at 916-645-1297. That's 916-645-1297, and we'd be happy to send a copy out to whoever would like one. Nice. Mm-hmm. Susan, could you pray for us today? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we need your Holy Spirit to Uh, quicken our minds to the truths that you would like us to share. Um, Just help us to speak the words that that you would have us to speak and um, just to be able to give a a better picture of hope and the way that you want to save each one of us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Now, of course, as we begin um, each uh, lesson, if you will, as we go in there, to Folsom Women's Facility, uh, we put some we put some phrases or questions up on the on the whiteboard, and and the three questions that we that we asked this particular week were: Is it possible to do unto others as we would have them to do un, uh, unto us? And of course, it was a resounding yes. Mm. It is possible. And then, of course, I didn't write this question on the board, but I asked, "Do we do that?" And it was a resounding no, no. <laughs> which I thought was interesting. And I thought, you know what? We need to talk about this today. Um, and so we need to talk about and the next question, which was what causes us to grow and how do we stay connected to Jesus? And how are you women, when you get out of this place, going to stay connected to Jesus? Are you? Do you have a plan in place? Is it your plan or is it God's plan? How do you follow God's plan? 
mm-hmm. to stay connected to Jesus. The title of this series, of course, is Questions from Prisons, and these are good questions, and we're in week eight. And what's the title of week eight, Susan? It's called Second Childhood, Growing Up into Christ, the Holy Spirit leads you to make amends and begin a new life. Very good. You know, those who've recently been chosen to follow Jesus are like newborn babes, First Peter says in First Peter 2.2. 2, growing in every way more like Christ, Ephesians 4.15. Like a seed planted in the garden, you'll grow and your character will become more and more like Jesus' character. Those who grow spiritually mature are like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory, Isaiah 61.3. In Nietzsche, you can see many examples to help you understand how spiritual growth works. So what causes you to grow? Well, um, there's a lot of things that go into, if you were to liken it to a plant, there's a lot of things that go into um, the... the um, you know, the process of growth, mm-hmm. you have food, you have water, you mm-hmm. have air. Okay. Um, but I know there's a different answer. There's a different answer. Yes, there is. There is. is. Um, what did Jesus tell Nicodemus? That you must be born again. Okay, so the first step in, in growth is being born again. Right. Right? A new creature, if you will. And without the new birth, you can't have eternal life that Jesus came to give you, of course. Um but God's Spirit is the one that gives you that new birth, isn't it? Right, because you can't do it on your own. That's what Nicodemus said. What, am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb? How does that work? Yeah. So growth happens in the same way that life began. God is the one who makes the buds open and the flowers produce fruit. Now, in, in the front of our home, we have roses. Yes. You like the roses? Yes. And what else do we have we there? We also have chrysanthemums. Do you like the chrysanthemums? They are gorgeous when they're in bloom. When they're in bloom. When do they bloom? They bloom in October. Well, well, so what do you do all summer? Wait for them to bloom. Wait for them to bloom. I feed them, I water them, and I wait. You feed them, you water them, and you wait Mm -hmm. for them to bloom. Yes. Is it frustrating? A little bit, because the plants just keep getting bigger and bigger, and they look like they have a lot of buds, but nothing happens but green growth. And these are Now, these are big. ones that grew from last year, or the year before last, and then we didn't pull them, and then they, they just they started just, growing again. Now they're the size of a propane tank. I mean, they're huge. They're huge. They're not the size of, they're size of half of a propane okay. tank. They're huge. Yes. Chrysanthemum bush, bushes, I want to call them now. They're plants, but they're, they're flowers, but they, they look like it's a, a huge bush. bush. Um, and we have to wait for them to bud, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything we can do to make them bud? There's nothing we can do to open their bud, no. No, to open their bud. Nothing. You ever try to open one of their buds? I didn't, but try I to know unfold if I did. It, you'd ruin it, right? Right. And so that's the way that um, our characters, if you will, flower. God, that, God opens the bud. That's how God works on the heart. That's how he works on the heart. And he and he he produces the flower, and he he opens the bud in his time. Right. Now those roses they'll they'll open all year, or when, you know when they're in season, but they'll open all summer, mm-hmm. and you get to go out and smell them and snip them and enjoy them all summer. Right. But the but the chrysanthemums, no, it won't work that way, will it? No. And so um, just like that, we can't force our characters to mature. All we can do is like what you do to the chrysanthemums. We can water them, 
and feed them mm-hmm. and weed around them. And all we can do is encourage the growth, but the growth is still a miracle. That's right. That's right. Um, Prophet Hosea says that God's says of God's people that they will blossom like the lily. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. Hosea 14, 5 and 7. Jesus tells us to look at the lilies and how they grow. Luke 12, 27. The plants and flowers don't grow by their own effort, but by receiving what God gives to support life. Can a child, by its own effort, make itself grow taller? No. No. Or the leopard change its spots? Nope. Can't happen. Nope. So let's talk a little bit about what physically someone needs to grow. Do you need sunshine? Yes. Uh, Does a plant and a child need sunshine? Mm -hmm. Does a plant and a child need water? Mm -hmm. Does a plant and a child need food? Yes. Does a plant and a child need air? Yes. So so in order to grow, they need basically those four things, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Air, sunshine, water, and food. Now, in the same way, Jesus gives life to you spiritually. Let's look at some Bible text. He is your everlasting light. That's Isaiah 60, verse 19. A sun and a shield, Psalm 84, 11. He's like refreshing dew from heaven, Hosea 14, 5. He refreshes you like spring rain on freshly cut grass. He's the living water that satisfies your thirst, the true bread of God who comes down from heaven and gives you and gives life to the world, John 6, 33. So do you see the, the parallel here? Just like your flowers in the garden need sunshine, air, water, and food, and a child needs sunshine, air, water, and fruit, food, spiritually, if we don't have sunshine, air, water, and food, we will die. Well, and I think uh, that Jesus goes even further in John 15 where he says you've got to stay connected to the vine. Ah, and what happens if we don't? Then we wither up and we we dry up and we wither up and we die. So what happens to what happens to leaves in the wintertime? Why, why do in fact why do why do uh, trees lose their leaves in the wintertime? Why do they lose their why leaves? Why do they lose them? Yeah, me because up. <laughs> I'm setting you up. Because of the process of photosynthesis. There's not enough sunlight in the wintertime. There's not enough hours in the day for that little kitchen in each leaf that manufactures the food for the tree, mm-hmm. there's not enough sunlight for that photosynthesis to work. And so what the tree does is it tells, it says it shuts its kitchen, kitchen down for the mm-hmm. winter mm-hmm. and it loses its leaves. And so it's kind of the same way. If, if, if we don't get enough of the sun, S-O-N, mm-hmm. we will not, our stuff won't work. Right, it's not an arbitrary decision for him to kick us to the curb. It's because I, our desire to stay connected to, with him, it's our choice it's our that choice. has driven us from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if we don't stay connected to him, just like, a, just like a tree loses its leaves, you know, we, we'll begin to wither, and we, go, we do worse than go dormant. The trees go dormant, they look dead. Right. That's what happens. And that's what happens. We disconnect from the vine. We disconnect from Jesus. Our, our minds start to change, and then we no longer want to be connected with him. It's kind of that cycle that can happen in our Christian experience. Yeah. You know, another thing that, that we've been doing a little research on, and that is uh, some of the things that drugs do to people. And 
Um, one of the things that drugs do, especially methamphetamine use, use is uh, cause a calcium deficiency. In other words, do you know a little bit about that? Uh, what, what, uh, what, I'm trying to think of the, the proper way to put it, but people lose their teeth when mm-hmm. they're on methamphetamine and their bones get weak and brittle. Um, and that's kind of a microcosm of, of what happens. I mean, when you s- just stray away from Jesus so far and you get on these drugs and then your body just basically doesn't doesn't treat itself white, it, right. It's it's almost like it's just being sucked out of out of you. Mm-hmm. Right? That's and what it, happens. And that's what happens when you can identify it with sin. It's almost like you know, we know that we have an enemy out there, and I think that uh, if we don't have a, the full armor of God, that he can come in to our hearts, and he can. He can just suck out all that's in us that that we have, um, that's been planted there by God and mm-hmm. his spirit. Yeah, because God has made our our bones, if you will, to get stronger as we exercise. As we bear weight on them, they get stronger. Mm-hmm. And if we choose not to do that and also choose to take a drug that depletes our calcium, our bones will get weaker and we will wither up. And it's the same thing spiritually. If you choose to be angry all the time, if you choose to, any type of a behavioral addiction, doesn't have to be a substance addiction, any type of a behavioral addiction will separate you from God, separate you from that source of life, and you will wither up just like people with osteoporosis, just like people with a calcium deficiency that, that this is what happens, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's not because God said you did this, so I'm going to punish you with this. It's just the way that things are. I mean, a person that smokes three packs a day all his life and gets lung cancer, God's not punishing him with lung right. cancer. It's just the way things are. Right. It, it just happens. It's now, the consequences of our choices. It's the consequences of our choices. And if we want to choose to be angry people, then a life of chaos is the consequences. Mm-hmm. It's just what happens. If we want to choose to be resentful people, a life of chaos and resentments are, are going to be the characteristics of our life. We will destroy ourselves. Right. It's just the way things are. And it's not. It, it doesn't have to do with God saying, okay, you did this, so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. It has to do with us disconnecting ourselves from the source of, of love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, self-control right and i think that that's why god wants us to stay connected to him he doesn't like to see us suffer and and it's just like jesus says apart from me you can do nothing yeah it's not an arbitrary command he's he's letting us know that he's the source of life yeah he is the one that created us in the beginning he's the one who has the power and the the life and the water and and it's it's through our connection with him and our walk with him that gives us life. And that's just the way things are. It's just how his universe operates. Everything in the universe draws its life and its power and its strength from from God. Right. That's just the way things are. And when we choose to disconnect from that, we choose death. Jesus goes, I, I don't understand. Why do you choose death? Why do you choose death? Why do you choose to disconnect yourself from your source of life? You know? And I... And I think as Christ as a human being he he must have really felt the compassion and the you know as he saw as he went around healing people just trying to make uh make a town better making a difference in that town by by healing the lepers what do you think he felt like when 
when he healed 10 lepers and only one came back to say thanks. Mm -hmm. You know, have we gone back to thank Jesus for what he's done? Right. And and it's through that constant connection that we continue to hopefully walk down that path of to where he, he wants us to be. And it's not to say that you have to be this type of person. It's just he's saying that this is where freedom and happiness and comes joy from. comes that, from. That's the only way. Right. I mean, you can try other ways. That's why just Try to fill up that dark up hole void. inside of it's us. It's not right. going to fly. You right. can try it. You can try it all your life. Listen to Solomon's confession in the book of Ecclesiastes. He tried everything. Right. That book is his confession. Everything. And everything it's all... he tried. It is all vanity. Right. He says, I, you know what? I had it all. I tried to make a difference on my own. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. And this is basically him pouring his heart out. You know, it's interesting that God would think that much of that man that when that man finally at the end of his life came back to God and and he got, and God asked him to write about, write your confession down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in Holy Scripture. You know, you okay, you had all these wives, write it down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in a holy book. I want people to know what... I am willing to do for you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, who could have more of a sexual addiction than Solomon? Right. And he was also, what about intellectual addiction? You know, a lot of times we we put ourselves at a different level because maybe we could be smarter than people. Uh, Solomon was the wisest man in the world that ever was and ever will be. I've often said I sin the most when I'm right. Right. Because we... There's something about being right. Right. So he had everything. He built the temple for God. He had wisdom. He had money. He had, um, you know, the women. And it. And he ended up at the end of his life, and he was an empty, sad old man. Yeah. I think the essence of the book of Ecclesiastes is that no matter how much you know, it's not going to overpower. Or how much you have. It's not going to overpower your nature. God says the only way to overpower your nature is to be connected with me. And to be born again. Yeah, I heard a pastor once say that wisdom won't trump nature. Mm-hmm. It just won't do it. Knowledge won't trump nature. Nothing will trump nature other than that new birth and that willingness to listen. That, that, that word obedience in the Bible is the willingness to listen, the willingness to uh, not fall in line, the willingness to, to ask the questions and listen to the answers. And the thing is, is that we can't force that. That's not something no. that we can say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to prove I'm it. I'm going to hucker down. Do it. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, I, you know, the saying, God doesn't demand perfection. He offers it. Right. He doesn't demand a willingness to listen. He offers it. Right. He offers his, all these things. His gift of salvation, his gift of healing, it's, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. Right. There's, that we can't conjure it up on our own. No. And so I think part of the problem, uh, with our pride and with our uh, wanting to be cleaned up enough to come to him um, can be the real detriment. That, that can be a real detriment in our Christian walk. Trying to, um, trying to make ourselves right in order that we can come to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it'll get us in a lot of trouble. Um, but boy, Solomon sure poured it out in the book of Ecclesiastes, didn't he? Um, you know what? We also planted some tomatoes, didn't we? We did. You know what's good about what? what I, <laughs> we're talking about our garden and our flowers and whatnot, but that's okay. I noticed that flowers do really, really well, and tomatoes do really, really well when they get morning sunshine. Mm-hmm. 
something about some, it sets them right. Right. You know, it's in the morning. It's cool. The sunshine comes. They're and, getting and the light, they're but it's getting, not too hot. It's not too hot not too yet. Stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Because late in the day, if you have plants in the sun, it they they will. And the, right. the sun, you know. So yeah, the morning sunshine is also. So good. what does that teach us? Set our hearts in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, go to God first thing in the morning and say, I am incapable of doing this on my own. And it's only through a connection with you. Sometimes I don't even know what it, that is, but I've got to come to you and um, set my purposes. You know, like Daniel, he, he purposed in his heart to do what was right. And so we, can, we make that connection first thing in the morning. Sometimes it's just a little connection. It doesn't have to be this huge, you know, I know a lot of times there's burdens that, I'm not doing it right. No, God's saying, just come to me as you are, because that's what I need is that is that obedience, that willingness just to listen. You know what has helped me a lot is memorizing Scripture, mm-hmm. because there are times when, because, see, God talks to you through the Scriptures. Right. That's how he speaks to you. Yes. Oh, you know? I mean, it'd be, it's it's like you writing a note to me, mm-hmm. and you put it in me. Susan does that every now and again. She'll write a note. And usually it's really, really, well, it's always really, really nice. Sometimes it'll contain a Bible text, and she'll pop it in my lunchbox. Or she'll send me a text, and it'll say how much she loves me or whatnot. I'm bragging, guys, because it's really, really (laughs) nice to have this happen. But when I read it, she speaks to me. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is God's love letters. Now, what sense would it make if she sent texts all day and then asked me at the end of the day, did you read my text? Uh, I didn't have time. Right. Sorry. And here's all this wonderful stuff that she's trying to communicate to me. I didn't have time. So one of the things and I, I've that has really helped me is these key texts, these, these Bible texts that mean a lot to me, mm-hmm. is to memorize them. And you can pull them up anytime. Right. You don't even have to pull them up on your iPhone. Just pull them up from between your ears. Right. And it's you're listening to God when you pull those up. You are listening to God, and it's very, very helpful. And so I don't know, you know. Right, because we can't dwell on our own thoughts, and because then the craziness of life comes in. The you know finances or or uh, problems that we have with children and relationships, and that that overwhelms our minds. So it's good. It's good in the morning to be able to go to God and say, I, I need you to help me to be set right for the day. You know, the, the Bible talks about thinking on these things. What mm-hmm. things are, though? Everything that's pure, lovely, and, and it goes on and on. Yes. And I often think, of who is the only one that, who is the only person that fits those qualifications? Gentle, kind, meek, humble, pure, mm-hmm. lovely, holy. There's a one person that walked this planet that had those character traits Right. So what do you suppose if we think on him, what that will do for us? Right. And, and, and then the Bible goes on to tell us that by beholding, we become changed. Right. You become like the person you worship and admire. You right. just do. And that's why it's good to be around like-minded people. If you're around people that are always lifting God up, mm-hmm. that are always uh, speaking highly of God and of other people, and they're not critical, and they're not... They're not uh, uh, constantly talking down to people well if you're constantly surrounded by those people you will become like that right. it's just the way things are right you know that's and and it's a god made us that way 
So that's how you'll know if Jesus is on the throne of your heart. Are you thinking about him all the time? Mm-hmm. What do you, you choose know? to talk about? What do you choose to talk about? Who are you engaging and, and with? And if your thoughts are constantly upon him, then you're going to know that your affections are on him and that, you know what, you're being set right. Because we don't... We've all it, been set wrong. We've all we're, been we're set, all wrong. set wrong. In the core of our beings, we don't love God. Right. He's come to set us right. Right. But you'll notice that if you're thoughts begin to be just solely on him he is setting you right that's huge and then the healing begins then true freedom comes to true joy true happiness true self-control right not a self-control that is a burden right not rules and regulations kicking and scratching it's the real deal Mm -hmm. it's the real deal and that's very rewarding uh most of the time the change is noticed by other people, you'll notice it also, but most of the time it's noticed by other people first, and that's that's where you really need to encourage people. Yeah, you are changing. Right. You are getting well. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be made well? Next week we'll head into week nine of the book, Steps to Re- Christ Recovery Addiction. Edition. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.